Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. When is Bill Belichick going to get a break, Joe? The poor guy can't get a job. I am so freaking excited for this show today. I, I haven't had a chance to talk much to the big man today. I tend to run around a bit on Friday mornings. So we only had a few minutes to talk pre-show and then we had the meeting. But I'm excited and I can sense you are too. Huge weekend on the horizon. Huge weekend. Massive. 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 I've got college basketball tomorrow. I'm excited for that. Ooh. Little uh, little Carolina, Florida State, and Tallahassee. Little ACC. You're flying yes. down to Tallahassee, the old panhandle. Yes, that's right. They love me in North Florida. And then <laughs> we have got all, all of Championship Sunday. But all of that is on the horizon, and we're getting to it all. On Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio, on Sirius 6M Channel 80, on your smart speaker, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio app. You can get it anywhere, and that's what you need to know. What Bill Belichick can't get is a job right now. Raheem Morris was hired by the Atlanta Falcons. I actually like the hire for the Falcons if they were not going to hire Belichick because this is a guy that got a very short-lived opportunity years ago uh, down in Tampa, and I'm excited for him to get another chance because I've heard great things about him over the last several years, especially as defensive coordinator of the Rams. Having said that, I don't understand what the Atlanta Falcons are doing in this instance, Joe, and perhaps you can explain it to me, because if you are interested in winning a championship in relatively short order, and you have many of the pieces in place, and the one piece that's missing uh, on the field is a quarterback, and you feel like you could address that this offseason, why wouldn't you add the best coach in the history of the game? Because the best coach in the history of the game isn't coming with Tom Brady. And I think a lot of people are starting to realize it's one thing to watch the drop-off post-Brady. That's expected. Mm. But they were one of the worst teams in the NFL. Now, if Belichick was presiding over an 8-9 and nine outfit, you know, they're trying to find their way. They've got a good defense. Quarterback position's an issue. But if perhaps the Patriots had performed to the level of the Falcons last year, there might be more excitement. They were more like the commanders, and that's very problematic. Throw on top of that the fact that people think the game has passed him by, that he can't necessarily relate to the younger modern player who grew up. I think Ryan Clark was talking about this in the NIL transfer portal window where it's about me, me, me. It's not about the team. Like You don't have Brady out in front leading that anymore, setting the stage that it's about the team above the individual. Now everything we do is about the individual, everything. Individual Mm -hmm. doesn't like it. Individual wants to be traded. Individual wants to be let go. Individual doesn't want to stick around for the nonsense. So I can see a variety of reasons why Atlanta went in a different direction, one of which is the fact that, you know, several other teams also aren't really interested in Belichick services. Am I right? I mean, he's he's not even getting an interview anywhere else. I think the reputation of Belichick is one that right now is preceding him in a very negative way from the standpoint that he's a pain in the butt. He's a pain in the butt, and not a lot of people want to deal with that if winning is not fully guaranteed. Now, 
look, if you have a situation that you feel like is ready-made, then you have to go and do it. And I don't think the Falcons are that far from that. The, the real problem I have is when you hear things like what Dan Graziano said this morning on Greeny, uh, our ESPN NFL insider, about why maybe Belichick did not end up getting the job in Atlanta. Fair or not, there was a perception that if we bring in Bill Belichick, we got to turn over our whole building. He's going to want player personnel control. He's going to bring his own coaches. He's going to bring his own this. He's going to bring his own that. And, and you're confronting the idea of replacing a lot of people that work for you for a guy that might only be there a couple of years. Like he's not, you're not hiring Bill Belichick for the next 10, 12 years. Oh, okay. But here's the problem here, okay? Number one, what if the Atlanta Falcons won? Nothing. Nothing. This is about specifically, let's not talk about all the other people because we understand that. It's about Rich McKay because that's what the ultimate guy is going, uh, that's the ultimate guy that's going to be worried about power. The NFL and everything, corporate America is all about power and maintaining it. We've talked about that with Howie Roseman. And that's what it feels like happens here. That you had Belichick, who wants to walk in the door, maybe not necessarily control all of the personnel, because remember, he said publicly he was willing to give up some of that in New England. But maybe it's more about having everybody pulling in the same direction. And you don't want to walk into a building where immediately somebody is working against you, whether they have control over football or not, they certainly have the ear of the owner. Why does he get two interviews then? Couldn't McKay have just made because this I, clear to Blank from the beginning? I think he did. Here's what happened. I think Arthur Blank wanted to hire Belichick in the worst way. In the absolute worst way. And I think nobody in that front office wanted Belichick because they knew that he could be a complete nightmare. And they knew in some cases he might get them out. Might push them out. I guess my question is, where well, let me follow. Arthur, let me follow right, up but, on that real quick, though. Yeah. The owner of the team, the ultimate decision maker... Wanted Belichick in the worst way yeah. and then didn't hire him. And got talked out of it. And got talked out of it. Because you know why? You know what you can do? You could you could tug on a guy's heartstrings. Arthur Blank is not a stone-cold killer, right? It, when it comes to being an owner, he is not a guy that treats his people poorly, and he is to be lauded for that. From all accounts, he is somebody that treats his people very, very well. But Joe, let me ask you, ask you this question. As an owner of an NFL team, a team that's pulling in billions of dollars, where is your ultimate responsibility? Is it to the people in the building or is it to the fans? Because to me, it's to the fans. It's to the people that have put you in that position in the first place. And that's why, while I understand not wanting to fire a lot of people for a few years. If it means I've got a realistic chance at winning a Super Bowl, I have to think about doing it. So then take me through this. Rich McKay is the, basically after blank, there's Rich McKay. Yeah. And everything CEO. between the organization and blank filters through McKay. So they don't go with Belichick because of the power. They hire Raheem Morris and then blank announces that McKay is no longer in between the two. He mm -hmm. actually said that the coach and the general manager now report directly to him, Arthur Blank. McKay has been phased out of that. Mm -hmm. So if you want Belichick and the issue's power, hire Belichick, move McKay over, and the problem's solved. Is it? Because he's still – and I, listen, Rich McKay has a great reputation around the league. It's not, it's not me sullying Rich McKay. But 
you need everybody pulling in the same direction. And if you have a, a major figure in the organization, whether it's uh, in a football capacity or in a business capacity, at that level, in the owner's ear, is that a good thing for the coach? It's not a good thing for the coach. Okay, so let's say this then. Arthur Blank loves Bill Belichick. Arthur Blank goes out there and hires the greatest coach of all time, and Rich McKay doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. Those two butt heads. Who's to say McKay can't be the one to go? It why, can't you, why can't you just run him? It why do you have been, to run again, Bill? I think the theory Game of Thrones. is interesting. I think the theory is interesting. I think the reality of the situation, Bill wasn't the best guy for the job. And the Falcons interviewed 14 different guys by our count yeah. yesterday. They had multiple interviews, and they went with a guy – who comes very well endorsed. All right, when Raheem Morris got the job in Tampa Bay after John Gruden left, it was far too soon, okay? And if anyone remembers that hiring process, Gruden was dismissed from the Bucks very late in the process, very late. It's not like he was fired the day after the season ended. It was a month or two later, if anyone knows. I see Evan shaking his, and nodding his head back there because it was, it was really late. The candidates were gone. We were past the hiring cycle, and I think they wanted to try to promote the defensive coordinator who didn't want the job, and Raheem Morris was coaching defensive backs, if memory serves me correctly, and they promoted him, and they made him the head coach. And it didn't go great, but the guy was like 32 years old. So yeah. since then, he's been working defenses all around the NFL. He is beloved by his players. Yes, Rams GM Les Snead came out a week or so ago and opened his end-of-the-season press conference praising Raheem Morris, saying the guy should be hired for the job. Everyone thinks this is a relatively good hire. Is it better than Belichick? Only time's going to tell. But I think Atlanta sat down, they went through the process, and after interviewing 14 different guys, decided this was the best for them. And I don't think it's necessarily the wrong move. I don't know if Belichick still has his fastball. I want to read something to you. Mike Shanahan, when he was coaching in Washington, here, here are some of the individuals who were on his staff. Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, Mike McDaniel, Raheem Morris, and Bobby Slowick, who's currently the offensive coordinator in Houston and is headed for a head coaching job, probably not this year, but likely next year. That is an incredible staff of people who left Mike Shanahan's coaching tree and have had a world of success. Super Bowls, playoffs, you name it. Belichick's coaching tree stinks. It Mm -hmm. absolutely stinks. The guys who learn from him go out on their own and they fail. In the case of Josh McDaniels, they fail repeatedly. It's almost all of them. Belichick, outside of Brady, doesn't have a great track record. This isn't to knock his place in history. It's just to say it's not that hard to see why a team like Atlanta could pass on him. Yeah, I, I get it. I don't think it was the right thing to do if you're interested in winning in the short term. But I'm not going to argue that they went in the direction of Raheem Morris, and that's going to be a popular uh, selection among players, and I think he's going to do a good job. But I know I wanted to win right now. And for me to ignore that and really put everything else in front of the best interests of the organization and the fans, okay. Yeah, but just quickly, why does hiring Belichick mean you're going to win now? He, all he's been doing is losing. But why has he been losing, Joe? Because he's not great at picking players the last several years. He doesn't have a quarterback in New Belichick England, to... and he doesn't have a quarterback in Atlanta. Yes, I understand that. 
I don't want Belichick to come in and fully pick the players, but we have talked about Kirk Cousins joining him in Atlanta. Kirk Cousins said, I want to go play for Bill Belichick basically last week. Why wouldn't we go in that direction? The biggest mistake Belichick ever made was continuing to operate under the assumption for the longest time in New England that that Tom Brady could continue to make every single player on that offense better when Tom Brady left, he went to a situation with a lot of good playmakers, and that's why they won. He was at a point in his career where he could still win, but he needed a lot of playmakers around him. I'm not going to argue Bill has done a terrible job at picking players, but when it comes to coaching a football team, if I feel like a lot of the pieces are in place and I can go get an established guy, I'll take a shot. I'll take a shot. Carlin versus Joe. ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We're just getting started. Championship Sunday. We are giving one quarterback way too much benefit of the doubt. It's next. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio, including on the iHeartRadio app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Get you the update in a little bit. Was a bit lazy this morning. Didn't do it. But we've got 10 picks we're handing out throughout the course of the show. So you'll be getting it. We're going to start with the Niner game. Two bets here. Niners minus seven and over 51 total points. Jared Goff has played one outdoor game since October 23rd. One. This will be his second in essentially three months. Goff's numbers indoors versus outdoors, staggering difference. Not enough people talking about that this week. They're focused too much on Debo Samuel. The Niners, great by low spot. They looked terrible last week. The thing is, everyone's fixated on that and thinks that's the version of the Niners you're going to get this week. Who's to say you're not going to get a great Niners performance like we've gotten probably more than a dozen times this season? Don't let recency bias get you. On top of that, the Lions secondary and a somewhat suspect Niners secondary, especially with Jared Goff throwing late in the game if they're trailing. I see a lot of points. First two pizza monies on this fine Friday, Niners minus seven over the Lions, over 51 total points, Lions-Niners. Hey, CMC. I think Christian should be MVP. High formation, toss to McCaffrey. He does everything for us, runs the ball well. Big hole, and he runs out across the 30, breaks a tackle, he's gone. Touchdown! 
catch the ball. Sets up the throw, flexes his wrist downfield. McCaffrey wide open, 41 yards. Purdy on the move to a wide open Christian McCaffrey. He does everything in my eyes. That's an MVP. Might want to turn the mic on, big boy. I got gotcha. you. This is impossible to believe. That, you left, that, the, that you left the mic off? Yeah, exactly. No, that's that's very possible. possible to believe. No, that's that's your mute button right there. <laughs> and you put a mute button in front of the big fellow with all the different noises that I could make at any point. <laughs> Trying to keep it classy, and it bites me in the keister. Did I just call it the keister? Anyway, Carter right. versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Evan told us this stat this morning. I was blown away by it. Can't believe that this is the case. You know that Christian McCaffrey, having led the NFL in rushing during the regular season, could become the first leading rusher in the league to reach the Super Bowl since Sean Alexander in 2005 oh. with the Seahawks. That that was a Jersey response from you there. Oh! Oh, this expletive guy. Oh! <laughs> Since Sean Alexander of the Seattle Seahawks back in the day when fantasy football drafts, the opening 20 picks were all running backs. Priest Holmes, LaDainian Tomlinson, Sean Alexander, Clinton Portis, Steven Jackson. Your boy's still sharp. He knows how it works. Oh, he does. He does. And I didn't doubt it. But that feels like a ridiculously just unbelievable stat. Well, when we talk about eventually, even in the postseason, how important it is to run the football, and that may actually be the case this weekend. And Joe, I can make the case. I don't expect Christian McCaffrey to be the MVP of this game against the Detroit Lions on Sunday. Oh, no. If the Niners are winning this game, this is a Brock Purdy game. This is absolutely a Brock Purdy game. Look at last week's matchup with Tampa Bay for the Detroit Lions. We told you about it. One of our favorite bets was Baker Mayfield over passing yards. Why? Detroit is very good against the run defensively. They are very poor against the pass defensively. The question comes down to whether or not Kyle Shanahan is going to trust Brock Purdy and let him rip because if he does, you could be rewarded greatly in this game. That is how you attack the Detroit Lions. I know some guys, uh, Kirsten McCaffrey's, rushing attempts prop was set at 20 and a half. He's gone over that total like three or four times all year. Like He doesn't have a lot of games with 21 or more carries. Touches is a different story, but carries, that's yeah. too high a number. That feels that's like too a heavy high. Number. Guys are yeah. betting that under. Like I, As great as he is, you're going to be the MVP with less than 20 touches, less than 20 carries? I don't know. I, yeah, I, I do know. And the only way that's going to happen, I would go the touches number. I wouldn't go the carries number because – I would expect that he would be a bigger factor in the past game. He's always going to be that. Maybe it's a week where he has eight catches. I wouldn't be shocked by that at all. But Brock Purdy has to be able to win this game because of what you just talked about. You know, here's the the really unbelievable thing, because when we talk about the 49ers, one thing I think that has been pretty consistent over the last few years has been physicality. They're not the more physical team here. The Detroit Lions have the better team in the trenches. So the 49ers cannot rely upon trying to push them around up front and run the football against a team that has been pretty good against the run. Like that is where I think it has benefited them. But you give me a chance to throw on Cam Sutton, I'm all over it all day long. Yeah, that's what it's going to be. I mean, that Detroit defensive line is fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. They're going to generate pressure. You know, we talk about the Niners' skill position players all the time. 
They got a lot of money dumped into that unit. They got a lot of money dumped in the linebacker. They got a lot of money dumped into Nick Bosa. Eventually, you take a look at the offensive line, and you're like, yeah, Trent Williams. Trent, They got Trent Williams. Yeah, they got Trent Williams. He's a really high-priced left tackle, and he's outstanding at what he does. Outside of that, you got issues. Yep. You got vulnerability. You got weak spots. So in the running game, it's going to be a lot of misdirection. It's going to be a lot of dipsy-doo dunkaroo, as you might hear from the great Dickie V. But I don't see them just running off-tackle power trying to stick it to the Lions because that's not going to work in this game. You're going to need to throw the football. I wonder if Shanahan is going to come out and trust Purdy to do just that in this game. Well, think about that for a second. They had a debate this morning on Sportsmanlike about this. A guy that you'd consider for the MVP for a good portion of the season, and we're still asking questions about him. Listen to Canty and Evan and Michelle get into it this morning. We're going to say he's not Patrick Mahomes. I can agree with that, right? He's not Lamar Jackson. I can agree with that. He's not Joe Burrow. Fine. This guy has been so But we have him in the MVP conversation. He should be. That's the part that's wild to me. Like, we're acknowledging he's not these other quarterbacks, yet we're putting him in the MVP conversation. He's not even the MVP on his own team. No, why why do we have him in the well, MVP I, I conversation? He no, he's not. Well, and I kind of agree with Canty. I think that McCaffrey is. But having said that, and I'll only speak for myself here, I have put way too much on that horrible performance against the Ravens. I have treated that unduly in trying to evaluate Brock Purdy over the last couple of weeks. He's got 31 touchdowns and 11 picks. I mean, the dude's been very good, and four of those picks were in that game, Joe. We tend to get way too caught up in comparison, right? Yeah. Uh, what is it? Teddy Roosevelt's got the famous line, comparison is the thief of joy. If you just it was walk Lincoln, around... Actually. Lincoln? I thought it was Lincoln. We'll look it up, but you'll be proven wrong very shortly. Okay. Anyway, as we work through this, people walk around all day. They compare themselves to the neighbors. They compare themselves to people at work. They compare what everyone else has. Cardi's giving me the thumbs up, right? Yeah, it's Teddy Roosevelt. All right, so we got to that pretty quickly. You trusting Cardi? Well, that's the first person to do research. Handman's got the thumbs up, too. I know how you feel about him, so that doesn't count for much. Cardi and Handman, it's like, uh, I mean, I mean, again, listen, you're right, (laughs) but... I don't know that those are the two sources you're going to right out of the It's game. like, hey, Carlin, you idiot. Both Beavis and Butthead agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anytime someone plays well or poor, it's just comparison. Like, hey, is Brock Purdy a good quarterback? Uh, he's not Mahomes. He's not Jackson. It's like, look, how about this? Instead of comparing him to other quarterbacks, why don't we just ask ourselves this? Does he play the position well? When you watch him play quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, what does it look like? That looks pretty good. Okay, so he's a pretty good quarterback. Maybe he's above average. I don't know if he's great, but you know what? You put a bunch of good players around him, you give him good coaching, he produces good results. We read so deep into this. Well, he's not Mahomes. Okay, fine. Nobody's Mahomes. Nobody's Lamar. All right? He plays the position well. That's all that matters. You're not in the NFC Championship game if you've got lousy quarterback play. How many lousy quarterbacks we have at this round? Uh... Lamar, who's going for his second MVP, Mahomes, who's won multiple MVPs, and Jared Goff, who's having a hell of a season. I I would say you have to play the position pretty well to get to this point. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. If you're considering a bet on the Ravens, consider one thing before that. Joe, I'm talking to you. Mm. It's next on ESPN Radio, including on TuneIn. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. I feel really, really good about where I think we're headed with our pick, at least in the AFC, certainly in the NFC too, actually, knowing where we're headed now. But there's always a little bit of doubt whenever you have one guy that has a particular history and you almost feel stupid betting against him. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. That's, that's what I'm feeling about Patrick Mahomes right now. Joe, I all week long... I think we've been in lockstep on this. We've been on the Ravens. Been on the Ravens all week long. Love the Ravens. And yet, I keep coming back to that guy's on the other side. And we talk about having the number one defense uh, in the league. That's that's great. Patrick Mahomes in the postseason is 3-1 and one against teams that have the number one defense in the league. Talk about how many sacks they get. Sack leaders. Okay. Mahomes is 4-0 and against those guys in the postseason. So really what it, it boils down to is, can the Ravens beat Patrick Mahomes? That's it. I don't even look at anybody else right now, and maybe that's a foolish way to do it, but it is the the little, little speck of doubt that is sitting in my brain about our pick right now. What everybody does breaking this game down, and you've seen it across this network all week, if you're taking the Ravens, you start talking about Mahomes. If you take the Chiefs, you talk about Mahomes. Yeah, we all know what Mahomes is. I'm not picking the Ravens because of Mahomes. I'm picking the Ravens because Mahomes has a loud, lousy wide receiving unit. Yeah. I'm picking the Ravens because they got an extra day of rest this week, and they also had the bye two weeks ago. I'm picking the Ravens because they're at home. I'm picking the Ravens because they have the number one defense in the NFL. I'm picking the Ravens because they're not nearly as dinged up as Kansas City is. Everyone tends to make the Ravens pick about you're going against Mahomes. Yeah, you're also going against that lousy wide receiving unit. You're going against an offensive line that's probably going to be down. Joe Thune. Thune. How do I pronounce that? I've gotten that wrong Tooney. all week. Tooney, it, I've gotten Tooney, it wrong all week. It's but I was wrong about the Lincoln thing, so yeah. I don't know. 
I got in it wrong all week. I got in it wrong all week. My apologies. But you know what? He's a hell of a player. That's what we're doing here. That's what we're doing. And if you want comfort with this, rest assured, you're betting where the Sharps are betting. The pros have been lining up on the Ravens all week. They jumped them at three. They jumped them at three and a half. That's why the market's now at four. I keep hearing, well, Patrick Mahomes as an underdog. You can't go against Patrick Mahomes as an underdog. Yes, I can. I got a really good team on the other side. And I got a really good situation backing me up. Number one, I was wrong. It's Thuny. So it I'm just going to shut up now since I continue Didn't to Didn't I say wrong. Thuny? You said Thuny. And everyone in the back and then jumped you down asked, my and, uh, Then you asked, and I said Thuny, and I was wrong again. All right, so, so I retract my apology to Thuny because I had it right the first time. Exactly. And I just retract Still a hell of an alignment. I, I, I just retract everything. You're having a day. You know what I am? The worst. Just That's keep getting I, your shots up. It's early. We're early. This is a three-hour show. We are <laughs> early in the first. Just keep getting your shots up. I have come out, and it's one for nine so far. Yeah. Now, <laughs> uh, a couple of things, though. I, I really want to know this because, like, I'm not the only one feeling this way. I mean, listen to Greeny earlier about the prospect of picking against Mahomes. Sometimes being in the position where everything is in your favor and you're supposed to win is not always a role people wear comfortably. I just look at that Ravens team. Look, they've been the best team in the sport all year long. They deserve the credit. They deserve to be the favorite and everything else. I've seen weird things happen over the years. I've seen weirder things than Patrick Mahomes winning this game happen over the years. And until I see it, I won't believe it. All right, Joe, do me a favor. Take me inside the betting mind for a moment. If I'm going into a game like this and I have a little bit of doubt on a pick that I feel absolutely amazing about, how should I be feeling in general about that situation? Well, you're supposed to have discomfort. I, I got this advice a long time ago in Vegas. You got to feel a level of discomfort with your picks. Right? Mm. Any idiot who runs out there screaming from the rooftops, it's a lock, it's a smash, it's the game of the week. Those are the fools who are going to be bust if they're not bust already. Y you want to have a level of discomfort. You think it's comfortable playing the Panthers plus five no. against Atlanta? Like, that's not comfortable at all, but the Panthers did beat the Falcons this year. It doesn't always work, but when you're making these wagers, there's got to be something in you. Something in you that just has a lit, you have a little bit of discomfort, a little unsettling in the stomach. If you're too calm, if you're too comfortable, if you feel great about everything, you've probably overlooked something. You've probably overlooked something because it ain't that easy, right? I always try to say, I'm, I'm trying to lose 46% of my bets. I'm trying to lose 46%. And people go, my God, why would you want to lose 46%? Because it means I'm winning 54% and I'm offsetting the juice, right? It means I'm turning a profit. So you should feel some discomfort. If you have the Ravens, yeah, we're going to feel a little discomfort because we're going against Mahomes. And if you've got Mahomes this weekend, you're going to feel some discomfort because you're going against a great Baltimore team. That's what makes everything about this such a great matchup. And that's what makes this all about pricing. Again, we in the media are making this about quarterbacks and jerseys and coaches. It's all about pricing. I can show you a great piece of prime rib. I can put $31 on it as a price. I can take the exact same piece of prime rib and I can put $200 on the price. What's the better value? The first one. The first one. That's mm -hmm. what we're looking for here. We are playing prices. We are playing numbers. We are not playing jerseys. We are not playing names. I know. I know. And I guess I'm just going to feel the discomfort all weekend long uh, and the doubt about it all weekend long because that's just, 
it's to be natural, I assume. You know, listen, I, I dabble. I dabble like you do. But I've never dabbled at the level of or the length of period of time that you have. And that's why when I get into these situations, a lot of times when I feel this discomfort, that discomfort turns out to be right. And I was then I feel extra stupid for the fact afterward. Well, first of all, you also have the option of not betting this game, which I I, I'm well, getting the sense that that's option. not an option. Yeah, okay, no. that's not an option. Come All on. right, so we're going to get involved and we're going to feel comfortable about I what like we I like the do. way you try to be responsible there for a moment. Well, everyone should hear that every now and again just to make sure we're doing things you know, the right <laughs> way around here because we want to have fun with it, right? We of all want to have fun with this. We don't want to get jammed up. Um, uh, here's some more comfort for you if you're looking for Kansas City. Like, late in the season, people are talking about the offense, turning it on. Who have they played defensively? Buffalo was a shell of itself last week. Miami was nothing the week before. They got rid of their defensive coordinator. Then you had the Chargers before that, a Bengals team that was packing in at the end of the season, the Raiders, the Patriots. I mean, as good as Spagnuolo's done, that defense hasn't really been tested in a long time. Offensively, they've been putting up numbers, but again, look at who they're going against. Like, this is a massive step up for Kansas City here. Absolutely massive. That's what people are missing. We, we, we're ba- judging Mahomes and the Chiefs based on what we've seen in the previous five years. This is not the same team. Congratulations on beating Buffalo last week. You were supposed to. That defense was a shell of its former self. That team had been playing playoff games for six weeks. You had several edges going into the game, and you figured it out. Congratulations. But, like, this is not that. Okay. Okay. I will consider it in the next few moments. And then, as a united front, as we have all season long, we will present our picks because the ESPN Radio Pick'em Challenge is on the way. We have got the championship games to select. There are only three games left overall to pick, and we are at 6-4 and four, tied for first place with virtually everyone else. So we need to separate ourselves, and I will also be curious to see if anybody decides to go, you know, checker on a checker, wait to check and see what we picked, and then go same way as us (laughs) to just keep up. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. You know, the new year is the perfect time to gear up and connect to quality candidates, and there's no better way to do that than through Indeed, the hiring platform that makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all in the same place. Their interview tool helps you schedule and conduct video interviews right from your employer dashboard. Nick's the hassle. Start hiring. Indeed.com slash credit. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. We'll get it right eventually. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Joe Thune or Joe Tooney? Well, let's ask him. Hit it. Joe, Joe Tooney. Joe Tooney. Hell of a previous segment we had. Just a hell of a job getting that wrong, getting it right, saying the correct version was wrong, committing to the wrong version, going to commercial break. Yes. And then getting the right version. Yeah. And now we finally got it. So apologies to everyone in that lineage. The horse's mouth himself, Joe Tooney, told us. Once again, we were able to put the Pam or panned debate <laughs> behind us. I'm sorry, are you are you saying panned? <laughs> no, there's no D. There's no D on the end. <laughs> the N is silent. Yes. <laughs> I grew up with the woman who played Pam. Really? <laughs> yes. She and uh, her father and my father were business partners. Did you guys go to school together? No, no. In fact, when I say I grew up with her, we'd see each other at that Christmas party every year, and that was about it. Okay. We had some mutual friends. Okay. She did not have much interest in me. Shocking. Well, I guess that's an anecdote right there. It's something. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio. You know what it's time for. It's a team, man. It's a team. One guy can't do it. It takes all of us. ESPN Radio's Pick'em Challenge. All right, so here's the deal. Uh, Pick'em Challenge, of course, we are the regular season champs. Uh, Is the trophy still in the studio? Yeah, I'm right next to it right now. It's in striking distance of my index finger. Excellent. I just want to remind everybody that the regular season in this is much more important than the postseason as opposed to real life, primarily because we won the marathon. And if you want to try to take us out in a sprint by tripping us, that's, that's on you. So far, we're right in the thick of it. The regular season is essentially a 48-minute game of basketball. This little postseason pick'em contest, it's just a half-court shooting contest. Exactly. It's just a bunch of miracles. So whatever. We'll indulge, but, you know, whatever. It's one of those things where you you go out during the timeout, and they put the 24-second clock up, and I'll make as many shots as you can. It's a clown show is what it is. This is a clown show. That's really what it is. Put a tent on this circus. <laughs> uh, we we are tied for it six and four uh, for the lead. On Sportsmanlike, Amber and Ian, Freddie and Harry, also all six and four. Game night and Greeny, five and five here in the postseason with three games left. So let's not waste any time and get right to it. Game number one on Sunday, the AFC Championship game. The Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens are four-point favorites, and it has been our inclination all week long, and I see no reason to change that whatsoever. We are laying the quattro with Baltimore, are we not? I very much like the Ravens here. Last week, the rationale behind backing the Chiefs was twofold. Number one, rest advantage over Buffalo. Number two, decimated Buffalo defense. You can take those two factors that very much worked in Kansas City's favor last week. You can flip them on their head because it's working against Kansas City this week. They don't have the rest advantage. That belongs to Baltimore. They aren't healthy. 
they're dinged up all over the defense, whereas Baltimore's trotting out a healthy number one ranked defense in the NFL on top of what they bring to the table offensively. That crowd is going to be rocking. Baltimore's the selection. Yeah, and I can't get away from the injuries as a factor, and I can't get away from the Chiefs' defense, which has been very good all year, containing Lamar Jackson. I don't know how they do it. If they I mean, if they do it on the ground, if they let's let's assume that Spagnolo has a great plan where Lamar Jackson only runs for like 14 yards, they bottle him up. Well, what happens in the passing game? Are they shutting that down too? No. You're telling me that chief defense that had Josh Allen marching on them all game long outside of the fourth quarter, and he did march on him in the fourth, they just missed the field goal. You're telling me that defense is gonna go to Baltimore and shut down Jackson as a runner and a thrower. No. Interesting. And at the earlier in his career, people thought that's exactly what you could do. If you could try to contain him running the football and make him beat you throwing it, you could beat him. Well, you can't now. That's, that, that's not going to happen. Listen, his game is not to go out for, and throw for 400 yards. His game is to deliver the football on time in spots where his playmakers can make plays, and he has done that. And the other part of his game is just a massive threat. It's, it's too much. It's too much, I think, in this instance, for the Chiefs to try to stop. And, Joe, with that, we once again reaffirm our selection being the Ravens minus four. To the NFC Championship we go in the Bay Area. The Detroit Lions. The San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers, seven-point favorites over the Lions. Now, earlier in the week, really even up to yesterday, I had been seriously contemplating taking the points with the Lions. And then I just remembered, I think the 49ers are the better team, so why wouldn't I just take them in that situation? I think they're a better team on a neutral field by a touchdown at least. So what am I doing? It's a home game for the 49ers. That's how I have to look at this. Okay, so three ways that you want to factor this in, and I'm with you on the Niners. Number one, obvious one, market's going to seven and a half. So let's lock in the seven. We're getting the better price here, right? right. That's one thing, and that's an important thing. Number Unless two, William changes the rules. Yeah. <laughs> Number two, so many people that don't like San Francisco this week are pointing to what happened last week. Kyle Shanahan had a great game plan, and then it started raining, and he didn't get off the game plan. He went in very Debo heavy, saying he was going to throw the ball all over the place against a suspect Green Bay secondary, and it was pouring rain, and he didn't adjust on the fly. And as a result, he almost paid the price. He did pay the price to an extent because a lot of people called him out this week. I don't see that happening again. The weather is going to be perfect in the Bay Area for this game, at least currently in the forecast. You can come out and you can throw it on the Lions. Speaking of which, the Detroit Lions, Jared Goff, this is his second outdoor game since October 23rd. Just his second. He doesn't play well outdoors. Indoors this season, 11-3, 70% completions, 28 TDs, 8 INTs. Outdoors, 3-2, 63% completions, 5 TDs, 4 INTs. And I want to throw one last thing out there, okay? Detroit is in San Francisco for this game. They're a 6.5-point dog or 7-point dog. Baltimore was in San Francisco on Christmas. They were a six-and-a-half-point dog. You're mm. telling me the difference between the Ravens and the Lions is half a point? No, no, no. That's a mistake. I like the Niners here. No, not especially when the Lions got absolutely crushed by the Ravens earlier this season. I, I agree with that. 
uh, thought process as well. Um, for me, the only question I have for you is re- is in relation to Debo. If Debo is not out there on Sunday, how do we treat this? Do we treat it any differently? Not that we can change our pick, well, but... Well, it hurts, but here's the thing. The market is going up from a total perspective. It's gone from 50.5 to 52, which is an indicator he's playing. The spread has gone from 6.5 to 7 to 7.5, which is an indicator he's playing. And keep in mind, as bad as they looked last week, that was when they rolled into the game with a game plan centered around Debo Samuel. They've had all week to say to themselves, what do we do if we don't have Debo? Let's do this. What do we do if we do have Debo? Let's do this. They are prepared to play the Lions without Debo Samuel. That's a hell of a lot more comforting than playing the Green Bay Packers with no plan of attack if you don't have Debo Samuel. So, our selections. The Ravens, minus four over the Chiefs. The 49ers, minus seven over the Lions. I'm feeling very good about these picks. I like them a lot. In fact, they're so good, I want to sop them up with a biscuit. I mean, what are the uh, what are the other bums doing? What are the other bum shows doing? Based on, what Greeny, based on what Greeny said, I'm assuming he took the Chiefs. I mean, I have to imagine Greeny's got the Chiefs. Do we have any idea? Evan, what Mikey we got? C's here, so everyone's just having a good time back there. Oh, just God. a nice little cocktail party on a Friday afternoon. Oh, just hanging out, huh? <laughs> hanging might, out by the pool. Might be time for a heater. <laughs> This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.